The Rams released their first depth chart of the 2023 season, and we're breaking it all down. We have big takeaways and everything you need to know. That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. You are Locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Ramley, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Rams, your daily podcast covering your Los Angeles Rams, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're also available over on YouTube, so if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the Locked On Rams YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, hit that like button, and let us know what is your reaction to the first depth chart of the season. What are your big takeaways? My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. I've been covering LA sports for over a decade. The Lakers for SI, the Dodgers for Dodgers Nation. Now I'm covering the Rams for Locked On. And as always, I'm joined by the Rams pre-half and post-game show host for the Rams flagship radio station, ESPN 710 LA. He's entered his eighth season covering the team. The people's champ, Mr. Travis Rogers. You can follow him on Twitter at Travis Rogers. And we got a jam-packed show for you today. Yep. Later, how serious should we take these training camp reports based on what we've seen in years past? And we're going over the depth chart on the defensive side of the ball, the offensive side of the ball. My first takeaway, Travis, when I look at all these names, is we must lead the league in juniors and seconds and thirds and fourths. You got Tremaine Ankrum Jr., Warren McClendon Jr., Ryan Smendon Jr., Jason Taylor the second, Rashad Torres the second, John Johnson the third, Richard LeCount the third, Bobby Brown the third, Ernest Brown the fourth. I mean, it's good. we have to lead the league in that category, Trav. It sounds like a country club. You got all these guys that are, uh, you know, mainline guys that are coming down in their thirds and fourths and descendants of uh, royalty or whatever. But yeah, no, look, there, uh, there are a lot of guys with some numbers after their names. I hope that there are some guys that uh, have a lot of stats after their names after the first few weeks in there, picking up tackles and fumble recoveries and interceptions and touchdowns. Yeah, little country club. They do wear, they do wear Rams Royals, so it kind of makes some sense there. there but you go, uh, for sure, yeah. You look at this depth chart. Not too many surprises, but. Really, I mean, the first thing that kind of sticks out to me is we've heard this aggressive rookie youth movement. And you look at the depth chart, only three rookie starters with Avila and Young. So you got Avila at the left guard spot. You got Young yep. at the edge spot. And Kobe Turner is listed as the co-starter with Bobby Brown. So, yeah, as we enter the season, we've heard about all these rookies and first and second year players. But really, to get things started, not too many rookies winning the jobs early on. No, not not too many guys that are going to start at least from the beginning of the season, right? That this is something that I think is pretty typical in the NFL. Unless you're a pretty high first round draft pick or you have a position of incredible need, you're not incredibly anxious to throw a green player in there, a guy that's never played in the NFL. That I had a chance to talk with Puka Nakua yesterday after uh, practice at Rams camp, and just listening to these young guys talk. You can tell they're trying to figure it out as they go. He was telling a story of when he was in one of the huddles at the early part of training camp and Matthew Stafford ripped off the play call and he looked at Van Jefferson is like, I don't understand a word of what he just said. And that's fine in training camp. That that That's cool. But that can't happen during the regular season. And, you know, because guys are going to get blown up, guys are going to get hurt, plays are going to get busted, interceptions, fumbles, tackles, all these things are going to happen. So that the early part of this is filled up with uh, veteran guys or at least guys by Ram standards are veteran 
veteran guys is not a huge surprise. Yeah, and it feels like that's one of the number one things for these rookies is physically a lot of these guys can get it done, but it's just cramming the information, the complexity of these systems. And once that becomes second nature, then really the sky's the limit. But yeah, Puka Nakua, I think one of the big takeaways for me, when you look at the depth chart was Puka Nakua, you look at the special teams, we understand that, yeah, they only have one punt or one kicker. We knew that, but he's going to be right there returning punts. So that's good to see him really getting a role early on, even if he's not one of the top three receivers. That he's going to be in the mix in some capacity as his rookie year begins. But another thing I'm looking at, too, is five positions where you have two players at the same spot at the depth chart, right? You got Joe Noteboom and Allery Jackson, co-starters, the left tackle spot. So that clearly is still a battle that needs to be won. You got Stetson Bennett and Brett Rippon. So, I'm going to start right there, too, when you look at kind of specific battles. I mean, Stetson Bennett, there's been a lot of talk. He's lighting it up during training camp. He's making great throws, back shoulder fades. He's understanding the offense. But Brett Rippon, though, was there yesterday. This is a guy that definitely has a command of the offense. He brings that veteran presence as a backup. I believe they're going to go with two quarterbacks. But what are your thoughts on that right there? I mean, it feels like it still needs to be one. Yeah, look, th this is one of these things that you hope you never get an answer to this question. You hope you never have to find out which of those two guys is the better player. I'll go back to last season when we were talking about John Wolford and Bryce Perkins and which of those two guys may be the better option in the event that Matthew Stafford goes down. And, you know, Wolford's a little bit more experienced. Perkins maybe a little bit more dynamic as an athlete, able to do some more things. Turns out neither one of them were any good. <laughs> you know, that, that once your starter goes down, you got all sorts of problems. And I think that that's probably something similar that you would see if, if Matthew Stafford indeed missed more time. Stetson Bennett is small. He's just a small guy. Like we were, we were down at one end of the field in training camp yesterday doing our, our show, and the Rams were starting their offense on the far end of the field. You would lose, and if Bennett weren't wearing his his red Rams, you know, quarterback don't hit me jersey, you would lose track of him. He's just really hard to see behind all those bodies and offensive and defensive linemen. So I would imagine that that's a challenge. Brett Rippon, a little bit more experience, like you mentioned, but again, th these guys are backups for a reason. You might be able to get through a week or two, or maybe even a month if you got to play your second guy but uh if you're into that for any extended period of time you got real problems i think bennett will have the inside track simply because they they used a relatively high draft pick on him he's got a pedigree of winning of being around you know good football players and good football teams so maybe that gives him a little bit of a of an inside line but uh hopefully we never have to find out the answer to that question Exactly. In a perfect world, we don't see any of these guys this year unless they're a 40 or less that they're getting some mop right. up time. Right. But yeah, I think that stood out to me, too. I saw Stetson Bennett yesterday, not the biggest guy, and he's always getting mentored by Matthew Stafford, who is every yeah. inch of six foot three. He looks like the prototypical perfect size for a quarterback, but he was making some really nice throws over the middle. He does have that touch. He does bring that dynamic where you can see him getting some yards on the ground as well. So, yeah, I think at the end of the day, the best thing for this team is to have just two quarterbacks. You have Stetson Bennett, who I think is groomed to be the future backup quarterback with a potential chance at least getting an opportunity maybe to start one day. I don't necessarily see that, but still I think they're best served by going with two guys and using that roster spot for another position that needs some depth. And another thing that really stood out to me, Travis, was 2-2 Atwell. I mean, with Cooper Cup out, of course, he's at the wide receiver three spot over Ben yep. Skoranek. And the big question is, is the light turning on this year for 2-2 Atwell? I mean, has he improved as a blocker? I mean, is he improving? I saw him catch some really nice crossers over the middle, some contested catches. And I think for him, he can't be a one-trick pony. He has to be more dynamic if he's truly going to carve out a role for this offense.
Yeah, I, I think you put your finger right on it. That you know, watching him at practice these last few days, he he gets balls thrown his way. He makes plays, and he can absolutely fly. We know all of these things to be true. That the the very small handfuls of play, handful of plays that he's made at the NFL level have been big ones, right? He he's kind of that home run hitter that you and I talked about uh, earlier in the week. The everydayers will certainly remember that, but. He's got to be able to play football. It can't just be a, I'm going to run as fast as I can and see if I can get behind the defense and hopefully we hit uh, you know, a 60-yard play once a month. It can't be that. It has to be something more sustainable, more consistent, and, and certainly something more reliable. Um, I'm skeptical. I, I Look, I would love to be proven wrong. I would love to see him have a big impact on this offense. I hope that it happens for him. But you know, th- this is the this is the show me year. This is his third year in the league. This is when you got to step up, and it can't be theoretical anymore. It's got to be real. And so far with him, it hasn't been. Yeah, and I think that people need to get past the Creed Humphrey thing because they're not going to have a freaky Friday moment, right? Where this is going to change <laughs> places and he's going to become Creed Humphrey in two twelve. No, that's not happening, Rams fans. Hey, okay, they have who they have. You can't look <laughs> at him like that. You just have to try to get the best version you can with him at this stage. And I do think though. Look, I mean, physically, we understand that he's limited, right? He's not the biggest guy, not the strongest guy. His first year, played eight games, didn't have a catch. Also was behind Cub Woods, Jefferson, Deshaun Jackson before suffering that season-ending injury. Last year, though, I mean, a couple things to like. I mean, 13 games, four starts, 18 grabs for 298 yards, had one receiving TD, one rushing TD, but 16.6 yards per reception. That's what I'm looking at. If he has that ability to get big chunk yardage, to get explosives, that's going to be the dynamic that he brings, but also you need to see him learn that Z, learn that X, because you have to be dynamic in this offense if you want to stay on the field for an extended period of time. Well, you look at the guys that have had success in this in, on this team at that position, right? You're talking about Cooper Cup has had a great deal of success. You're talking about Robert Woods has had a great deal of success. Uh, a player like Odell Beckham Jr. in the very brief time that he was here had a great deal of success. Van Jefferson maybe a little bit less so. But what are all these things? What do all these guys have? Brandon Cooks is is another good example. They can do different things. They don't just do one thing. They do lots of different things like you're talking about. You can play the X, the Y, and the Z, and you can move them all around. It makes it very difficult to match up. They can run the entire route tree, which makes it very difficult to defend. Tutu Atwell is a straight-line guy. Run down the field and see what happens. And hopefully he's added some more elements to his game. It looks good in the preseason, or I should say in the the uh, training camp part of the preseason. Um Show me. I, you know, I, I'm a big show me guy. That's cool. I like practice. I like training camp. Those are all interesting moments, but I, I'm going to need to see it when guys are trying to knock your head off and guys are trying to defend you, and then I'll be a believer. Yeah, and Stafford did say he's doing a great job, that he's the master of the offense. So maybe he's the master of the Rams house. I mean, so we'll see if that continues to progress. But we have more takeaways from the first depth chart of the season leading up to the Rams' first preseason game against the Chargers this Saturday, 6 o'clock Pacific at SoFi Stadium. So we got more takeaways. That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. All right, August is here, and you know what that means. The official start of the fantasy football drafting month. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on underdog fantasy. All you do is one live snake draft, no waivers, no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup 
every single week. So try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. The largest fantasy football contest of all time is back, and it is even bigger with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million bucks. $3 million bucks going to the winner. Last year, the winner drafted their team in July, so you do not want to wait around. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with the promo code code locked on to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's underdog fantasy promo code locked on. Go check it out. And we are off and running here on locked on Rams. Thank you for making locked on Rams. Your first listen every single weekday free and available wherever you get your podcast locked on Rams, part of locked on podcast network, your team every day and a special shout out to our everyday listeners. We appreciate you listening to every episode, watching every episode, and you should be an everyday listener too. join the club. Membership is free and you'll know everything you need to know about your Los Angeles Rams. But Travis here in our second segment, we're going to continue to unpack this first depth chart, continue to give you our takeaways. Another one, Steve Avila starting at left guard, Tremaine Ankrum Jr. starting at right guard. I think this one was pretty much a foregone conclusion with Avila, their first pick, the 36th yep. pick, the fifth pick in the second round. He's gotten all the reps with the ones. That, to me, that was a shoe-in. Yeah, and it looks like they got that pick right, you know. And I don't mean to to throw you know cold water on Logan Bruss from a year ago. He got hurt. He was a little unlucky, but. If you're already talking about a position change in your second year in the league where he goes from inside to outside to back up Rob Havenstein, it leads you to believe that maybe they're trying to figure out what, what's going on there. But with Avila, obviously, this is a guy that they're going to put in there. You know, watching him at practice the last few days, he's just a monster. He is just a big athletic dude that can move really well. I think that they got a very good player there. You, you cross your fingers, knock on wood, uh, that he stays healthy and is able to develop because I, I think you're right, DMAC. I think that they got that pick right. I think that they've got a guy that's going to be a big part of what they do up front. And like you and I have discussed endlessly since we, we've been doing this heading in to the 2023 season, if that offensive line is better. I don't even, I'm not even talking about it. it needs to be great. I'm just saying it needs to be better than it was a year ago. Then the Rams are already light years ahead of where they were, and Avila is a big part of that. He looks really good. I'm excited to see him. Yeah, I think that's what really stood out to me yesterday. That's who I had my eyes on is this guy is steady. He is solid. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy who didn't allow a sack in at TCU, right? He's going to bring that stability. There's a story that he talked about where he actually was so big that he got thrown off a roller coaster at Six Flags when he was in high school. Well, this offensive line, it was a roller coaster last year. He's going to bring some stability to that. So I'm absolutely all in on Steve Avila. I agree. It was the best pick for them in that spot. And I think that he's fully realized that potential early on also a lot of communication i noticed between mcveigh and avila yesterday that says yeah. a lot as well you mentioned logan bruss he was listed as the right tackle and this comes after mcveigh said they were going to move him there so you got mcclendon as a backup at the guard spot so yeah i think logan bruss i mean you need a swing tackle makes sense you know that's havenstein spot but really the big questions to me are on the defensive side of the football i think the number yeah. one thing i'm looking at is they just don't know how their defensive line is going to look you got marquise copeland you got ernest brown the fourth they're listed as the starters at defensive end with brown the third and kobe turner listed as the co-starters at the tackle spot so yeah to me that's where really there's a lot of position battles need to be won during preseason during training camp during those joint practices and it's gonna yep. be very interesting to see who fills those roles when they open up against seattle 
I think this is the most interesting and potentially most problematic part of this team going into this season is the defense. And look, Sean McVay is an offensive-minded head coach. Sean McVay is going to find ways to, you know, with, within reason. We saw what happened last year when you don't have an offense and or an offensive line and your quarterback, wide receiver, and everybody else go down. There's only so much you can do. But he, he's an offensive-minded coach. They're going to find a way to get the ball in the end zone, to move the ball, score points. The question is, can you stop someone? And this is where Raheem Morris comes in. He's done a really good job. He's an incredibly talented defensive coordinator. I think it's only a matter of time until he gets another crack at being a head coach in this league. Uh, I think it probably should have happened already. But in the meantime, he's got to coach up a bunch of guys with not much experience and maybe not a, a pedigree of high-level performance. Like going through the names that you just mentioned, DMAC, the defense is basically Aaron Donald, John Johnson, and let's figure it out from there. You get, And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in a I-don't-know way, that these are guys that are really haven't played a lot. There's some guys that have been around a little bit like Fuller and whatnot, but they have not been in the middle of this over and over and over again like guys like Jalen Ramsey and Bobby Wagner and Aaron Donald and you know uh, Darius Williams going back a few years ago. Just guys that you knew what they were going to give you week in and week out. That's not what this defense is. Yeah, I agree. Lots of big question marks. And I think when you look at Copeland and you look at this Rams team last year, Ashawn Robinson, of course, a great run yeah. defender. They're going to need him to step up as a run defender. He definitely had his moments last year. He got valuable experience playing 15 games, made nine starts, recorded 31 tackles, two TFLs, a couple quarterback hits and a sack. So those are all career highs. They brought him back. They signed him to be a starter, right? They signed him to that one year deal. So they're hoping he's a starter. But Kobe Turner at 288 pounds versus Bobby Brown the third. I mean, you look at that nose tackle spot. It's a big weight difference there. Kobe Turner is someone I think they're very high on. You've heard Aaron Donald speak highly of him. You've heard him being compared to Aaron Donald, which I don't love. Aaron being compared Stop. to possibly the greatest defensive Stop. player ever. But Bobby Brown the third. I mean, every little step he takes, of course, is going to be big this year for this Rams team. But how do you feel about that position battle right there and just kind of that outlook of that part of the depth chart? I just want to point out for people that may not have been paying close enough attention, that's both a Lindsay Lohan and a, a new edition reference in the same show. So well done there. Uh, that's very, very exciting. I, I, I agree with you that and it, can, can we just look? OK, I, I need two seconds. To, stop comparing new guys to the greatest guys that have ever done anything. I don't care what it is. Don't call somebody the next Pedro Martinez. Don't call somebody the next Aaron Donald. Don't call somebody the next, uh, you know, LeBron James. Can we not do that ever, please? It, it just all it does is set someone up to be a disappointment. Because if the if the comparison is, oh, you know who he reminds me of, Aaron Donald, he's going to fail because there are no other Aaron Donalds. There's a reason that we talk about Aaron Donald the way that we do. It's because he's Aaron Donald. There, Nobody was saying, oh, Aaron Donald. Is, no, 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 no. He's one of one. So we need to stop doing that with Kobe Turner and anyone else that comes in that has some some, some high-level ability. That, that being said, um, they need to get better up front. They, that Aaron Donald, as good as he is, He's going to need some help. There, you're going to need some other guys up there. You're talking about, like you, you were mentioning, DMAC, the the weight disparities and things there. This is going to be something that they figure out on the fly. I think that this is why, for the first time in the Sean McVay era, the preseason games or exhibition games or whatever we're calling them 
are important or at least interesting because what works better in those games might actually be the guys that you see at the beginning of the season. I know that there's no schematics. I know that you're not scheming to stop the opposing offense and and everything else that goes into a regular season game, but just being able to play, you know, basic rudimentary football. Can you do that well? I'm very excited to see what that looks like, especially up front on both sides of the ball, defensive and offensive sides of the ball uh, come Saturday night. Yeah, exactly. And just kind of getting back to your comparison take with Aaron Donald. Yeah, of course, it's unfair for sure. I think really when it comes to a role, though, yeah, there's some role projections there where he could play a similar role, right? What he does along that line. He does have the physical tools to have a similar impact of everything break, right? As far as just kind of what he does on the football field. He's fast. He's quick. He's strong. So, yeah, there's yep. that. And also, Brown, he saw some limited action, of course, played in five games at five stars, made nine tackles, one coming for a loss. So, kind of to your point, you just don't know what you don't know with these guys. I mean, at this point, it's really a blank canvas along with that Aaron Donald's a guaranteed starter, guaranteed guy that's going to go in there. But other than that, guys have to step up. We got more takeaways, though, for this depth chart coming up, Travis. There's still more to get into, but if something else, though? No, I'm just thinking that, you know, it, it's it cuts both ways, right? Because it's exciting that you don't know because – Okay, let's see what it is. Maybe it's great. Maybe there's some real talent in there that is about to get unleashed. But it's just such a different experience from the Rams teams the last few years where you knew exactly what you were getting from these. There was no mystery in what Bobby Ragnar was going to be. There's no mystery in what Jalen Ramsey was going to be. And the good side of that was you just knew they were going to be great. This is, I don't know. I don't know what Kobe Turner's going to look like. I don't know what Byron Young's going to look like. I don't know. And it's it's intriguing. It's exciting. And hopefully, you know, when we're doing this a year from now, it's like, okay, those guys were great. They're rookie year. Let's see how much better they can become. Yeah, it's always enticing to take that mystery box over the 50 bucks, but sometimes like I'll take the 50 bucks, right? So it definitely is exciting, but you definitely, you look at the odds of all these guys hitting, it's unlikely, but the good thing is a lot of raw talent. I mean, you know, really stood out to me yesterday just physically. I mean, Byron Young, man, that guy is a specimen, man. That guy is yoked. I mean, you got the, anytime you got the 3D tattoo when it pops out, I'm not messing with you. Okay. He's got the three that pops out the B Y and he got the hoop earring. I'm telling you, I think this guy has the potential to be a star, but we got more takeaways from the Rams first depth chart of the season. That's coming up next on locked on Rams and welcome back to locked on Rams. Thank you for making locked on Rams. Your first listen every single weekday free and available wherever you get your podcast locked on Rams, part of locked on podcast network, your team every day. Now, Travis here in our third segment, we're going to continue to break down the first depth chart of the season. And we've been talking a lot about the safeties of late and you look at the depth chart right now and you got Yee starting over Quentin Lake alongside Jordan Fuller at safety. I will say that this probably is going to change because yesterday I saw John Johnson. He didn't even have his helmet yet. So I expect this to change very quickly. Yeah, I I think so too. I think the addition of John Johnson obviously throws a a, a big wrinkle in there. They, I don't think you're bringing him in here not to play. I think if some of these younger players demonstrate that they're ready to go, that maybe Johnson falls into more of a a supporting role ultimately, but I think he's probably in there. And again, this is not unlike the, the, the front set. This is not unlike your linebacking crew that the defensive uh, backs, both safeties and corners. Good luck. You know, let, let, let's figure it out. Let, let's see what happens next. It doesn't mean that they can't play. It means that we don't know yet. Um, we'll see. We'll see what 
Darian Kendrick looks like. We'll see what Kobe Durant looks like. We'll see what Robert Rochelle looks like. We'll see what these guys that have been around the block a time or two. Now that there's no more number five back there, that's going to take a whole bunch of pressure off of a lot of people. They're kind of on in this on their own. Let's go see what happens. Let's go see what it looks like against some, you know, wh- whether it's Geno Smith in week one or whether it's a 49er team in week two. Let's go see what it looks like because much like most of this team on that side of the ball, it's nothing but unknowns. Not bad unknowns, just unknowns. Yeah, and I just fully expect when they update this depth chart, he's going to be right there. John Johnson, yeah. and they brought him in there to start. I mean, look, if the other guys step up, it's a good problem to have. It means Great. that yeah. guys have turned a corner. You can keep them fresh. You can rotate them in and out. You see some three safety looks, but we know what he can bring when he's at his best, when he's optimized in this system. So I'm very excited about that. And then also, too, look at the cornerbacks, right? You got Durant, you got Kendrick, you got Kakella Witherspoon. They're the yep. starting cornerbacks. Kendrick currently is out with the hamstring injury, but you look at that group right there. I think Akella Witherspoon is one of the big wild cards. If you can get 2021 Akella Witherspoon, that's going to go a long way to solidifying this secondary. He's got experience, right? Like you, like you just said, that this is somebody that has played in the league. And it's I, I know it's cliched, and I know that you probably hear it from your your favorite podcasts and your radio shows and, and television and everything else, but this is not a league for new guys. It's it's just so hard and the players are so good and the coaches are so good that if you have a weakness. They're going to find it, and they're going to kill you because of it. This is what this league is. That One of my favorite expressions that I've learned from the NFL guys that I've worked with over the last several years is that the early part of the season, they're going to test your rules. Let's just see if you know what you're supposed to do. And if you do, now we're going to have to scheme and find some ways to get you to lean one way or the other. But if you don't know your basic rules – Buckle up because you're just going to get fed a steady diet of that ball coming your way. And I and, and I think that's where a guy like Witherspoon can really make a difference because he just knows life in the NFL. He knows the speed of it. And hopefully he can kind of impart some of that knowledge to some of the younger guys. Yeah, I love that because that really is the difference between the college and the pros. It's just being able to get it done at this level. Everyone's more athletic. Everyone's bigger and stronger. And just really the consistency. That's what really stands out between an NFL practice and a college practice. In the NFL, all these guys, they're their own trainers. They're their own coaches. They're their own business managers and strategists, right? All these guys kind of realize that. So, yeah, I agree 100%. And, yeah, also another takeaway on the defensive side – Byron Young, like we just talked about, he comes in as a starting outside linebacker alongside Michael Hoyt with Nick Hampton and Daniel Hardy working on the second team right now. I think they're all going to get reps. But to me, this is the position where I look at early in the preseason. How do these guys perform? How are they performing in training camp, in these joint practices? Because if not, after making that deal for John Johnson, if an edge rusher becomes available at an affordable price, that might be the spot to look at. Yeah, and these are the guys that I think have the opportunity to make the biggest impact first. Because Aaron Donald, it's not going to happen during the preseason because Aaron Donald's not going to play. But whoever is opposite side of Aaron Donald has an opportunity to really get going early because guys are going to get singled up because A, rookies, and B, Aaron Donald's on the other side, and we're not going to leave him by himself. So there's a real opportunity to make some metaphorical money and and get some attention and go to work there. Uh, Young, I think, is obviously at the top of that list, somebody that could really feast on that. But once that season starts and Aaron Donald and number 99 is out there doing what he does, I think you're going to see some real opportunities uh, in those positions simply because of, of Aaron Donald's presence.
Yeah, one hundred percent, no question about it. And then you got that center spot too. I mean, you got Brian Allen, you got Coleman Shelton. That's going to be one to watch as well. I mean, they're both on the first line, but they're not rotating that position, right? That's co- no. completely a competition. I think that one, Brian Allen's going to win that job because you can't really see him as a guy that has optionality and versatility. No. You're not going to see him playing the guard position, whereas Shelton, you can. But if he beats him out during training camp, that tells you they want to go with the best five guys. If that's the case, there's a possibility. But I'm hoping that you get a big bounce back here from Brian Allen. We see the guy we saw in 2021. I, I hope so too, because we know that he's good enough to do the job. Uh, I think if you're looking for silver linings here, it just shows that they do have a little bit of depth for the first time in a minute that there is that if, if Shelton is your guy, or I should say if Allen is your guy at center, well, now you have Coleman Shelter, who not only is a, is a competent backup at the center position, but he can play both guard spots as well. If either of those two guys gets a little bump or a bruise or needs to miss some time, you can put him in there. And it's not like, uh-oh, you know, we're, we are head water over our head at the very beginning. This is something that's played a lot of NFL football and has proven to be a pretty competent player. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think that's a great point. It's like, yeah, you look at this roster on paper, you do see some depth at certain positions. And we're going to continue to break down this depth chart. Might even spend some time on it tomorrow because there's a lot to unpack with this one. But that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Rams. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And you can follow the people's champ, Mr. Travis Rogers, on Twitter at Travis Rogers. And until next time, whose house is Locked On Rams' house?